CPA and CFP Don Cash has made it his life's work to help people like you plan their finances and achieve their retirement goals. It's time for your money and your life. Hey everybody, welcome into this edition of Your Money and Your Life. Thanks for tuning into the podcast with Don Cash and myself. We always appreciate your time. Don, my friend, how you doing? Mark, doing good, hanging in there. I don't want to say I'm getting used to the new normal, but uh, we're trying to make the best of it. And uh, now it's, you know, it's actually better than it has been with the weather breaking and we can go, go out and do some more things now, go to the park, uh, right. uh, the beaches are opening up for Memorial Day and for the summertime. So that's, uh, that's definitely positive. I think things are looking up. That's good. Yeah, we're taping this uh, just a couple of days before what would be Memorial Weekend. So we'll be letting this podcast out at the end of the week. So right before so Memorial. So we hope everybody has a great and safe Memorial Day weekend. And don't forget, if you you know bump into a veteran or see someone, make sure you thank them because that's always good. Uh, what else is going on in the area since we last spoke? Any more openings? Are you guys uh, like a June 1st, like a lot of places or what's going on? You know, they've, they're kind of like just uh, opening things up or, or changing things slowly as we move along. Golf mm. courses are open okay. as of a couple of weeks ago. The local parks, the, the beaches will be open for Memorial Day weekend going forward. So it's not like, uh, you know, we're going to have a June 1st and we're back to, um, you know, more semblance of, of normal speaking with other friends of mine that live in different parts of the country and colleagues all over the country, it seems like they're opening up quicker than we are speaking with some friends in Florida recently. They are, um, I think their restaurants are open up like at 50% yeah. of capacity. Although a lot of people are eating outdoors, so it's not as you know big an issue down there. And uh, the health clubs are open, the salons. And so uh, it seems like, you know, since we were hit hardest in this area, New York, New Jersey area, we're going to be um, sort of uh, taking it more slowly, which I think makes more sense than what they're doing in California. Right, California is pretty slow too, but Texas, I'm thinking, and Florida. George, you know, in Georgia is uh, wide open, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I'm assuming the same for you, right? I mean, you're probably having a little bit more ease on the restrictions. Well, you know, our, our governor's been playing it safe. We're down here in North Carolina, as we've shared with our listeners before, and I am. And uh, it's we're actually waiting for we should maybe know Friday. I think we're going to put this podcast out on Thursday. And I think we're going to find out on Friday if we're going to any restaurants kind of thing as well. So right now, no, it's, as a, as a time we're taping this, still no restaurants, still no, uh, no gyms, no hair salons, same as you guys. So we'll see. Now, I have a, a question for you. Sure. All right. So last week, very happy to report that I was able to get a 100% legal haircut. Ooh. Now, here I am in New Jersey. Haircuts are not allowed. Uh -huh. So the question is, I'm just posing this out there to the audience as well. How was I able to pull this one off, Mark? You drove somewhere. You're correct. <laughs> Rhode Island. I don't know. <laughs> Where'd you go? No, I drove to Delaware. Oh, Delaware. Okay. Yeah. 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 I was thinking now, what can I do? There, there are different offers of, I will come to your house offers on the internet. Oh, I'm sure. You yeah. Know? And my wife was against that, of course, which makes sense, right? Someone you don't know coming into your house or going to their house. So I'm thinking, well, New York is certainly out and Connecticut as well. Pennsylvania, I was thinking maybe that would be a an alternative and they were shut down. And so I said, let me just try Delaware because we're not too far away from Delaware. It's about an, it's a little over an hour to get from my house over the Delaware bridge into the Delaware border. So 
lo and behold, they opened up a couple weeks ago for haircuts. And since I'm in the finance industry, I'm considered to be a quote unquote essential worker, right? We're essential workers. And uh, they were opening up for essential workers. And um, it was at the University of Delaware, which is about an hour and a half from my house. And it was a very, it was a good experience. Now they didn't have the full staff there, right? Made sense. They, you know, they were practicing social distancing, and it gives you a good indication of what you're going to see. I think going forward here, yeah, the uh, that you had to wear a protective covering, uh, face covering, and the same thing with uh, people cutting your hair. And instead of having, uh, let's say, ten barbers, they might have two, yeah, or three. Yeah. And all the appointments were done online, and you were paying ahead of time online. So it was a good experience. But I'll tell you, not getting a haircut for two and a half months and getting one, I felt like a new man, Mark. Uh, I, you know what? I'm jealous. <laughs> I'm jealous. I'm, I'm, I'm a shaggy dog. I'd rather, I'd like to get one myself. So hopefully we'll find that out on Friday down here. Maybe I can go get one. And the next time we chat, we'll both feel like new men. But Speaking of, so let's talk about uh, the clients and the impact and things of that nature because, you know, we talked about it every so often on the podcast. We've been bringing it up during the lockdown. Uh, anything changed on that front? How are clients doing, uh, not only financially, but emotionally? Well, you know, for the most part, people are handling it well. Um, you know, as the weather gets nicer, we talked about, we're able to get outside, get some fresh air and sunshine. And doctors say the vitamin D is, you know, very good to boost your immune system and and making sure that you're maintaining some level of activity. I think it definitely helps emotionally, Mark, you know, having the the later sunsets at eight o'clock or, or or even later, early sunrises in the morning. It definitely puts you in a better mood. Financially, you know, it's never pleasant to see the balances and the savings accounts and investments go down. But as I mentioned on on many other shows, if we've been alive for 50, 60, 70 years or more, you know, we've seen a lot of crises, right? And, and we've survived them all. So it, it, certainly this is a unique crisis, but we're resilient. And even now people have been working feverishly on vaccines and treatments and medications to get us through it. So I even read recently that the guy, you, you've probably seen these commercials from MyPillow, Mark. Oh, yeah, yeah. The MyPillow guy. Yeah, I mean, the little jingle and everything. Yeah, 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 he's ubiquitous. He's everywhere. This guy actually reconfigured his operations from selling pillows. He converted a good chunk of his business into a process to make hospital masks. So it's that was really impressive to, to hear about. And you know, I'm happy to see, um, by the way, no more shortages in paper towels and toilet paper. So that's a good thing, right? <laughs> yeah, that's definitely certainly good to hear. Well, you know, Don, we often talk so much about how important it is uh, for the mental and the physical, as we just discussed. But, uh, you know, when the physical side with the exercise and all those things that are going on, it has been tougher and weird. We've seen a lot of people doing strange things out, you know, when it comes to uh, getting outside since there's been no gyms. How are your clients getting by from that standpoint? Uh, are they, you know, uh, especially for older folks, lonely? For example, my mom came by uh, after seven weeks. She finally came by the house. She sat outside at the pool, uh, you know, d definitely a good distance away from the rest of us. But she just wanted to talk and talk and talk because she was just, she'd just been lonely, you know. Uh, are they, are you finding clients doing the same kind of thing? Are they staying indoors still? Are they starting to venture out? What are you seeing? 
You know, it, it's a good question. It really depends on their age, Mark. I, mean, I've had, I think I've had more phone conversations and Zoom meetings and calls than I've ever had in my life. And, and uh, it really runs the gamut. Again, it depends on age and health in terms of what people are doing and social distancing and you know, uh, are they uh, lonely? A lot of that depends upon whether they are alone, right? They're right, not married, exactly. they don't have kids at home. So for clients in life care communities, it's been really like total quarantine. I've had a, a few that have spent the entire month of April really literally in their own apartment. Um, the meals and supplies were delivered to the doorstep. And, and those are, these are the people that have had the hardest time they're active people, but the rules and regulations of the community require that they stay indoors. And there are those that are retired that they're more likely to get outside and walk and shop, and, you know, go to the park, maybe golf. Uh, they're just keeping away from kids and grandkids, right? And mostly doing, you know, FaceTime and Zoom meetings. Right, and, right. And uh, others are probably more like you and I. They work from home. You know, most don't have kids in the house anymore, but some do. Uh, they might have college-age kids coming home, doing online school. And other than not going out to dinner and, uh, you know, doing those kind of things or going to a play or a show or a movie, it's certainly more normal. And what I am finding is that people are all saving money <laughs> by not eating out. <laughs> yeah, that's right? for sure, yeah. Much less money being spent on entertainment, going to ball games and plays and shows, eating out, going to the theater, uh, on gas and commuting, right? So I think I'm I'm filling up my tank like once a month instead of once a week. People are eating a lot more home-cooked meals. And I guess probably from that standpoint, uh, you're probably more likely to eat healthier if you're eating at home and you're shopping at a, at the supermarket, more quality time with their spouse and kids. But yeah, I think for, it, for the most part, it depends on, you know, really your, your age, health, and, uh, you know, whether you have people around you in terms of how people are dealing with this. Yeah. And I think every situation is different, definitely based on uh, the person. Like I said, my mom, she's 79. She lives alone. Uh, in her apartment. So yeah, after about seven weeks, she was like, okay, I just can't take it anymore. Can I, you know, can I please come, come by the house? And I've got several acres here where I live. And so we've got a, an outdoor pool and it's not warm enough to get in it yet. It's been kind of a cool spring, but I was like, you know what? Just let her come over. She can, you know, she'll be in her car. She can sit out at the pool in one of the chairs and, you know, the dogs can come up and play with her and she can get some interaction and I can sit on the other side and we can at least chat, you know? So the isolation is, you know, is certainly something that starts to wear, especially on those folks, as you mentioned, that are lonely. Yeah. And it's interesting is, um, you know, we're, it's been said many times before that we're social beings, right? Mm, right. You know, being isolated, it's not healthy. It's not good for your psyche, for your health. And, you know, even where we are here at home, we have four kids at home. It's an active household, but we're, you know, we're seeing each other, right? I mean, as much as I love my family, I, it's, it's nice to see other people. Right, and right. Right before I saw you, I was out with um, a meeting with someone face-to-face, uh, uh, -face, which is not something that I've done too much of, sitting down like a few, you know, appropriate distance away in chairs, having a dialogue and being with them after an hour, hour and a half, talking, seeing them face-to-face -face in a comfortable setting it was like refreshing, yeah. right? Just, I, I felt good. I felt like, wow, I just felt like I was, my mindset was elevated. So I think that, you know, we're creatures of habit. We're social. 
I think about what happened after 9-11. People didn't want to fly, but then they, after a while, they got back on the plane. They started doing things. I think that once people feel that it's safe to be out with people, they're going to have like a yearning to get back and do things like going to restaurants and, and going to the mall and going out to the beach and, and doing things. And it's all going to you know be predicated on just feeling that the the desire to socialize is greater than the fear of what could happen if they don't socialize. But I'm definitely concerned about the effects of isolation. You know, just this week, I've had two clients that had their um, 95-year-old parents pass away. Oh. And it wasn't from COVID, but it was actually from the depression, from not being able to see their family, right? Because well, that's so sad. You know, yeah, it's very sad. It, a lot of times, people at that age, they're not going to really feel comfortable with FaceTime and Zoom, and they want that physical, personal interaction. So, people who are who are elderly are passing away often just from the depression. And the uh, the effects of not being around other people. So socialization is just huge and, and so vital. And you know, actually, I brought up another issue that came to mind. I'm sure. not sure if you're hearing much of this okay. uh, on a somewhat related topic. A friend of mine, her mom passed away, and she was actually 97. Oh wow! About uh, just before this happened, this was in, in uh, February, and she called last week and said, hey, you know, my mom got one of these stimulus checks Oh, okay, yeah. in the mail. And uh, I'm not sure if you've heard of this, but something like 2 million deceased people have gotten $1,200 stimulus oh, checks. Oh, wow. No, I had not heard that. Wow. It's not surprising, yeah. I suppose, but yeah. Yeah. So, you know, this is someone that uh, passed away relatively recently. So it was, um, and it was a question of what, what do we do? with this. So yeah. there there was like a confusion. Do you know what the guidance is, by the way, with the IRS? What do you think it is? Do you think they let the family, the estate keep it or do you think they want the money back? Oh, I'm sure they want it back. They want it back. Yeah. Absolutely. So there's um about a week ago the IRS came out with some guidance on this. And we'll put a link up here. I I think you're going to see more and more people that are in this position where this occurs, obviously, because right, right. you know, people they go back on tax returns from 2018, 2019. So, you know, you're talking about 2 million people. This is going to be a common occurrence. So they do want you to write void on the check and mail it back. Hmm, okay. And if you've deposited it, there's a process for that as well. So if you've known anyone who's gotten one of these, sooner or later, they're going to be asking <laughs> yeah. for the funds back. Yeah, they're going to come calling, that's for sure. Yep. Um, well, you know, along those lines of, of the financial side, you know, Don, I've read that a lot of car companies uh, or insurance companies, excuse me, uh, things of that nature are offering discounts to customers on their policies over a two or three month period of the quarantine. Uh, we've seen, obviously, car dealerships doing crazy deals and lots of stuff. Have, have you gotten notices or seen things like that yourself? Interesting. Yeah, I, I did get that. And, um, you know, if, if someone hasn't gotten that, they maybe should reach out to their insurance company. In fact, I, many companies are offering somewhere between like 15 and 30 or 35% discounts on their plans for this period of time that we, you know, we've had a really a market slowdown in driving. And we received a notice from our company, which, which is Travelers, 
for a 20% discount. And I've read an article actually in Market Watch on this recently, and uh, it talks about all the different companies that are doing this. So that's a nice savings over, over those few months. You know, with our family, we have uh, four cars, and I think our insurance is something like, gosh, $500 a month for uh, these cars with, uh, you know, younger drivers. So, you know, if we save a hundred, hundred fifty dollars a month for a few months, that's uh, that's a nice piece of change. So maybe we could um, put up a link for that uh, after the show as well. Yeah, absolutely. We'll put up some links on the show notes. So when you're subscribed to the show, or even if you're not, you know, make sure you just check the comment section there, the show notes area uh, right below the podcast and you can get those links as well. And of course, if you have not subscribed, go to donaldcash.com. That's donaldcash.com. And you can subscribe to the podcast. You can also just search out on whatever platform you choose, whether it's Apple or Google or Spotify or whatever one you like, uh, your money and your life. You can also find it that way. And with that, I think we're going to turn to the cash connection and take an email question here on the program. And this week on the Cash Connection, we've got a email from Billy in Cranford. And he says, Don, I just inherited a very large sum of money from my dad that I wasn't expecting at all. I thought I might get something like 50000 but it winds up being more like 10 times that amount. Now, I myself have been diligently saving for my own retirement uh, and not counting on anything like this. So I don't even know where to start or what to do with this. What's some responsible ways to tackle this issue? Well, Billy, first of all, I'm sorry for the passing of your dad. And um, you know, let me commend you, first of all, on being intent on handling this um, unexpected inheritance, as you said, in, in the most responsible way. You know, Even though, of course, this is now 100% your money, it seems like you want to honor your dad by spending or, or saving it in a way that would make him proud. So kudos for you on that. So here are a few things to consider. Always, when you're dealing with... Um, uh, spending or saving money. Consider your goal, right? Your goals in life, your time horizon, uh, if you're going to be investing it, your immediate needs, right? If you're going to be buying a house soon or having some large immediate need, and your risk tolerance. You know, what are you going to be doing if we're dealing with markets like this in the future where there's lots of volatility? Are you going to stick with the plan or are you going to be more apt to be nervous and, and sell out when things get tough? So now when it comes to the inheritance, be sure to understand what types of assets you're inheriting, like whether it's a, uh, an IRA or a brokerage account or stocks uh, or, or a home or cash and CDs. There's different tax treatment for each of these. So let's start, for example, with the IRA. Okay, If your dad had an IRA and you're the beneficiary of that IRA, there's some very important steps that need to be taken. First, you should consider opening up an inherited IRA if you want to maintain that IRA tax treatment. And be sure that the funds are sent in a direct transfer from dad's IRA to your new inherited IRA. Okay. The reason is, is that the IRA, your dad's IRA, if you're the beneficiary, is money that's never been taxed. So we want to keep that same tax treatment as it moves to you with an inherited IRA. So the point three is never have dad's IRA custodian write you a direct check. Inherited IRA money can never be rolled over. A lot of people don't realize that, Mark. 
So you can't put the money in your own current IRA. That's a big mistake and it could lead to uh, taxes and penalties. So with that money in an IRA, we want it to go from the traditional IRA or a Roth IRA to an inherited IRA. This way, it preserves the tax deferred status of the IRA for 10 years. That's what a change that was recently uh, enacted about six months ago with something called the SECURE Act. And for this year only, Mark, with this CARES Act that was passed about a month ago, right. there's no required distribution on that IRA or your dad's IRA. So just know that for this year, no distribution required. And going forward, you can maintain that tax treatment for 10 years. But at the end of the 10th year, that money has got to be emptied out of the inherited IRA. So it's pretty technical and you have to be looking at this closely over the next 10 year period, but we don't want a large 1099 for that IRA to be passed to you as the beneficiary of the IRA. Now, the other assets like, um, for example, if it's cash or a CD or something like that, pretty simple. The money's been taxed already, so it's your money to do as you wish with. You won't be seeing a 1099 for that. For a brokerage account, you know, if you're inheriting stocks, let's say from your dad in his brokerage account, there is a benefit to inheriting something like a stock because if your dad had a stock, let's say it was Exxon or, or a Verizon, and he bought it and it, it was cost $50,000 when he purchased it, but now it's worth $200,000. If he sold that when he was alive, he would have to pay $150,000 in a capital gain, right? The difference between the $200,000 and the $50,000. But that's the difference between the market value and the sale price and the cost basis, they call it. But if you inherit that, that stock and then subsequently sell it, the basis of the stock gets what they call stepped up to the value at your dad's death. So if the $50,000 basis was the original basis, when dad passes away, you inherit the stock the basis may be $200,000, the, the new basis. And if that's the value of the stock, you could sell it with no capital gains tax. So just be mindful of that. Assets don't pass the same way in terms of the tax treatment. The same goes with investment property, like a, a vacation home, primary residence, that sort of thing. So uh, just be careful about when you're inheriting the money, understand the tax treatment, and then go ahead and uh, make sure that you know what you want to do with that money and work with, uh, I would suggest working with a, a good planner, whether it's me or another certified financial planner or CPA that would have uh, a fiduciary relationship to, to look at your best interest. All right. Well, thank you so much for the question. We certainly appreciate it. And absolutely reach out to Don. He is a CPA and a CFP. So have a, a conversation with him, Billy. Talk more in depthly. Uh, or anybody else who has got some questions or concerns during this time or you know, just in general, always check with a qualified professional before you take any action. Uh, whether it's our show or any other show that you listen to, you should always see how that information is going to relate to your specific scenarios. 
So reach out to Don at 800-664-1183. That's 800-664-1183. And don't forget to subscribe to the show, Your Money in Your Life, on Apple, Google, Spotify, and other podcasting platforms. Or just go to the website at donaldcash.com. That's donaldcash.com. And Don, my friend, we are out of time this week, but stay safe, stay sane, and I look forward to talking to you soon. You too. Everyone have a uh, a healthy and happy and safe uh, Memorial Day weekend. And we'll see you next time right here on Your Money and Your Life. Investment advisory services offered through Donald W. Cash & Associates, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of New Jersey.